This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for New Year's resolutions, and we've got some great tips from someone who's made more than a few. 96-year-old Hazel McCallion, the former Mississauga mayor, says, think big when setting goals. And we take stock of the year that was for all things Zoomer with our year-end Zoomer panel. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A new study says calcium and vitamin D may not protect older adults against breaks and fractures. Published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, the conclusion was clear. Vitamin D and calcium do not prevent bone breaks or hip fractures in people over 50. The researchers say preserving bone density throughout life requires healthy eating, weight-bearing exercises, and avoiding smoking and alcohol. However, supplement manufacturers say the study draws conclusions with too broad a brush. A healthy aging lab is being launched in Beersheba, Israel, to cater to the needs of the elderly to improve their mental and physical health. Dubbed the first of its kind in the entire world, the lab will simulate all aspects of their living environment and routines inside a fully furnished home. It will focus on issues like preventing falls, alleviating loneliness, and slowing the deterioration from age-related diseases. This gives new meaning to the concept of a police escort. Policemen from Hainan in China used their headlights to escort an older woman all the way to the gate of her residential complex on a dark winter night. They found her walking slowly on the dark road where power had been cut off. They offered to give her a ride, but she declined and insisted on walking alone. So they drove their car behind her slowly, illuminating the way and helping her get home safely. Zoomers from Hawaii who grew up together as best friends for 60 years recently learned they're actually half-brothers. Walter McFarlane, who never knew his father, turned to family history and DNA-matching websites after unsuccessful searches on the Internet and social media. A top match, someone with identical X chromosomes had the username Robinson. It turned out to be his lifelong friend Alan Robinson, who had been adopted by his family. The tests confirmed they both had the same mother. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Do you make New Year's resolutions? Do you keep them? Getting fit and eating healthy are always at the top of the list, but according to a woman who's achieved many goals in life, Zoomers should aim higher. I sat down with the indomitable 96-year-old Hazel McCallion, former Mississauga mayor and current chief elder officer for Rivera Limited. What I do, you go back over the past year and think about the things that you intended to do and you just didn't find time to do it because I think some of those should be brought forward to the next year. 
And secondly, you have to plan. You have to do a plan. It's hard to plan a whole year ahead, but I think it's very important you plan each day that you're going to accomplish certain things. If you don't have a plan, you get up in the morning and the day passes and you think, gee, I didn't accomplish very much. If you have a plan, uh, like before I go to bed at night, I have a plan of what I'm going to do tomorrow, whether I have to phone somebody or do shopping or go to a meeting, etc., or phone somebody. It's so important that you have some ideas to how you're going to fulfill. And it's very important you make that the best day in your life. You have to consider trying to make it the best day in your life because you never know if you're going to be there for the next day or not. <laughs> I guess not. So I think planning is very important. If you have an exercise program, I think it's good. And uh, if you don't plan a certain amount of exercise each day, no matter whether you go to a spa or recreational center or not, you can do a lot of exercises right in your own home. You mentioned taking stock of the year and carrying forward what you didn't do. Can I ask, do you have plans or projects like that that you didn't get done? Yes. I have an honorary membership at the Ontario Racquet Club, and I've only attended a few times last year. I should have attended more often, but, you know, different things happening. So this year I'm going to concentrate on assigning at least one day a week that I go to the club and enjoy the facilities. When I was mayor, I was very busy, and you'd sort of neglect phoning or calling on friends and people that you enjoyed being with. And so there are some people that I intended to look up last year I didn't. I've got them on the list for this year. Now, one of the most important things for people, whether you're older or younger, but I think it's really important as you're older, is to feel that you have a purpose. Purpose in life. You have to have a purpose to live. That is very important. That's the thing that keeps you going. That's the thing that you set as your objective, that there is a purpose for you living on this earth. And how are you going to fulfill it? You're not just on this earth, you know, wandering around, etc. There's got to be a reason for you here to accomplish things, to help others, to be involved in building a community, being a volunteer, etc. You got to be think about others more than thinking about yourself. And that's what's so satisfying, is when you do things for others. How do you recommend that people, especially later in life, find their purpose or another purpose? Well, as Chief Elder Officer of Rivera, I'm speaking to a lot of seniors that reside in their assisted retirement or long-term care homes. And uh, I can encourage them to carry on a purpose. Most people have a purpose for living and to carry it on and not just because they've retired that they should give up fulfilling that purpose. They should continue to do everything that they can do while they're able to do it, either mentally or physically. So I encourage uh, seniors to live life to the fullest and continue. Maybe because they moved into a retirement home doesn't mean that everything should be done for them because they're paying to be there. They should continue to do as much for themselves as they can. Remain independent. Independence is extremely important. And your attitude towards your condition in life is also very important. And what about making new friends, starting new relationships? That is very difficult, but moving into a retirement home is the ideal 
in my opinion, the ideal, because you're moving into a community, and you're, you're bound to meet people of common interests and common interests in doing things like in either reading or entertaining or doing artwork or whatever. So I think entering a retirement home is one way to eliminate that loneliness. You uh, live in your own home. You clean your own home. I do. I clean it. I look after my own gardens now. Somebody comes to cut my lawn, but I used to do that until a couple of years ago. I have a sit on more, and I'd get on there and enjoy because I have a big backyard. But I still trim. I was out trimming trees about four weeks ago before <laughs> I went to Australia. You got to be active and doing things. Anything else that you wanted to give us as advice for the year's end? Look forward to it. Happiness is within yourself. To do anything you can to make somebody else happy with either a nice smile or remember to say thank you often and uh, to tell people that do things for you and are working saying you're doing a good job. Keep up the good work. You got to encourage people. And when you do that, you feel good yourself. In fact, we all appreciate being encouraged. That was 96-year-old Hazel McCallion, Mississauga's longest-serving mayor, offering up New Year's resolution tips for 2018. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, what were the most important stories in 2017, and what's ahead in 2018? You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. What were the most important developments in 2017, and what should we be on the lookout for next year? I convened our Zoomer year-end panel with Associate News Director and Morning News anchor Jane Brown, Zoomer Media VP and intergenerational expert David Kravitz, and Mike Van Solen, a political commentator and managing partner of Navigator Limited. Let's start with Mike on the federal scene. This was the year when the Trudeau government came into it, still almost in a honeymoon state. They were riding high in the polls. They were doing well. They were untarnished. We saw a year where they were challenged. They struggled to implement their policy. And so this is the big things. The commitments made to First Nations have really fallen flat. The murder to missing women inquiry fell flat. The electoral reform fell flat. Uh, Mr. Morneau found himself in a whole bunch of really strange ethical uh, situations that were difficult. For me, the story that started to take the bloom off the rose for the government was the Omar Carter settlement of $10.5 million reported. Jane, do you agree? Absolutely. That was the beginning of the sidetracking to what uh, the Trudeau government was trying to do. His explanation, the prime minister, that Canadians saved more money as a result of the $10.5 million payout just did not wash with Canadians. It seemed as though from all of the callers that Libby got on Fight Back that Canadians would rather have paid more out of principle and fought the $10.5 million than to have given him $10.5 million because he was a child and a Canadian when he was in Guantanamo Bay prison. Over the last few weeks, we've had incredible numbers confirming the crisis in our hospitals, hallway medicine, 
hospital overcrowding. Uh, another of the big stories of the year was Elizabeth Wetlofer, the nurse murderer who killed people in nursing homes. There's an inquiry into that. The 32,000 people on the wait list for long-term care, and a lot of those people are stuck in hospitals in beds that other people need. The government has put in some measures, but they seem like stopgaps. The real question for me is whether the opposition parties can articulate to Ontarians that they could do better. The question is whether 2018 would be the year that we finally burst the bubble of this debate we've been locked into, which is an ideological debate, a privatized versus public. We can't be like the United States. So the governments have gotten away with holding up the United States as the model to which we would inevitably fall if we changed our system. But every year, OECD and other international bodies report that Canada's near the top in per capita health spending, near the bottom in delivered results. And many countries that are more left-wing in some ways than we are have mixed public-private systems. And so they're getting away with terrible mismanagement by holding up this sort of bogeyman that doesn't really exist. Why can't we be like France? Why can't we be like Germany? Why can't we be like Holland? Let's turn to another file that I'd have to say every government has always mismanaged. Hydro. Yes. What a um, year that was that we just had in 2017 with Kathleen Wynne realizing, I think she started to have the realization in 2016 with the election, the by-election in Scarborough, when she was soundly defeated and the major issue was the price of hydro. When she justifies a lot of their very expensive green energy efforts, she brings up her grandchildren. She's doing it for her grandchildren and their children. But the way they have reduced hydro rates by 25% is giving a huge bill of at least 4 or $4.5 billion extra in interest charges that her grandchildren will pay. And when we see the rage of the pensioners, particularly the, the neediest section of the seniors, saying to Kathleen Wynne, look, I've got to decide between food and hydro bill and rent and hydro bill. Don't tell me about my grandchildren. I'm freezing to death here at home and I'm not drying my clothes because of what you did. And there's a lot of backlash coming, I think, again. I don't think she's finished paying the price for that. Well, it's interesting that CARP campaign, Heat or Eat, I think was instrumental yes, in was making that so. happen. I'm a conservative, but I think it speaks to the power of the politics of this file that what we see Patrick Brown doing is offering a further 12% reduction in hydro rates. So politics often trumps policy, in uh, particularly in this field. What else is going to be a big issue? Well, Donald Trump, as he continues <laughs> with his administration. I think that was one of the huge stories of 2017. The relationship even with our prime minister and Donald Trump and with NAFTA, the renegotiations, which have been kind of plodding along this year. And I think the flip side is Donald Trump has made Justin look better. You know, I think part of the extension of the Trudeau honeymoon was that people, even if they were maybe getting a touch tired with Justin, they just, you know, we all looked across the border and just thought, oh, my goodness, you know, this could be so much worse. Let's get to the horse races. So we have the provincial election first. Kathleen Wynne seems to be on an uptick, up from 12% approval rating to 20 We also have a municipal election with John Tory and Doug Ford. So let's get some predictions, David. I, I say uh, John Tory's re-elected and Kathleen Wynne is defeated. That's my prediction. I would say the same. And on the provincial stages, it will be a lot tighter. Kathleen Wynne will lose. 
I think maybe Andrea Horvath has a shot at becoming premier. I agree with what what has been said. I I think John Tory is going to succeed, particularly as the race is shaped up. If it really is a two-person race between Doug and John, I don't think Doug has, you know, the people skills, uh, the everyman's persona that Rob so captured for whatever his faults were. The Ontario election is is a little trickier, and and as a conservative who has many times you know predicted that we were on the cusp of well, of you victory, have been on the cusp. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why why your party always manages yeah. to whatever mess happened it to the up. big blue machine. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, that was a long time. I mean, ago. Patrick time Brown seems to ago. be taking that Bill Davis Red Tory model that has been successful mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah, I hope and think Brown is you know the smart money to win the election. It could be Andrea. You know they've seen her before, but they're going to look at her again in, in the context of, uh, you know, Kathleen Wynne and where the government is of the day. And I think it's really important uh, for Ontarians to meet Patrick Brown. How are women going to relate to him? How are, how are middle-class Canadians going to relate to him? How will our seniors look at Patrick and think of him? So I think the election's going to matter. Patrick should uh, persevere. Okay, a lot to think about as we head into the new year. Thank you, Jane Brown, Mike Van Solen, and David Kravitz. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, new year. year. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, Burton Cummings turns 70. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international arts datebook tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, award-winning actor Mark Rylance is wowing audiences as the crazy monarch in Farinelli and the King. It's playing at the Belasco Theater. In Washington, the Smithsonian has opened a new exhibition called Off the Beaten Track, a road trip through the archives of American art, showcasing material from every U.S. state and the District of Columbia. In England, an exhibition celebrating the rise of ABBA has opened at London's South Bank Centre. The exhibition, which features unseen ABBA archival material, is on until the end of April. And in Australia, the National Gallery of Victoria is presenting an unprecedented exhibition of international art, design, and architecture featuring major works by more than 100 artists. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. This weekend, Canadian rock icon Burton Cummings is celebrating his 70th birthday. He was born on December 31, 1947. Cummings is best known for being a pivotal member of the classic rock group, The Guess Who. He joined the group in 1965, replacing Bob Ashley, their departed keyboardist, and shortly after, he became the group's official lead singer. Throughout the mid-60s, The Guess Who released a string of singles that gained momentum throughout Canada. But it wasn't until 1969 that they hit it big on the international scene. That was the year they released their seminal album, Wheatfield Soul, and it contained this song, their first international hit, co-written by Burton Cummings and Randy Bachman. Here is These Eyes. These eyes Cry every night For you These arms Long to hold you Again The heavens are 
was the Guess Who with These Eyes. Lead singer and songwriter Burton Cummings is celebrating his 70th birthday this weekend. And that brings us to the end of this New Year's Eve edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Happy New Year. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. Produced by Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.